Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest official Everton FC podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Tony Bellew, Sylvan Distan, and Leon Osmond, three guys who need absolutely no introduction whatsoever. I'll start with you, Tony. How are you coping with all this? It's a pretty strange situation, isn't it? Very strange, mate. Uh, and it can be tough and testing at times, but we've all just got to stick to the guidelines and the rules and, uh, and keep going, mate. It's unprecedented what we're going through, all of us, and it's not just us. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've got, what you've done. We're all in the same boat now. Everyone's an equal. Strange times, Sylvan, aren't they? Strange times. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I still, um, I still don't really, uh, don't really get it. I don't understand what's what's going on. You know, it's uh, it's strange, but I guess we just have to uh, to try and do the the best we can to to respect the the guideline and the rules and uh, and try and help. But uh, it's uh, it's a testing time, very testing time, yeah. Ozzy, I know you've got a house full of kids as well. I suppose you're missing football as much as everybody else. For me, it's about trying to keep busy. Um, you know, it's being stuck in the house, being stuck in one place. You know, just trying to make sure that you find things to do. I've done the gardening. I've done the, the housework. I'm painting. I'm uh, anything I can. Finding walls that don't need painting that I'm just painting anyway. So, you know, it's finding things to do. Trying to keep yourself sane because, uh, as you said, it's unprecedented. It's... I'm, I'm to be quite honest right now we, we don't know when the end is going to be either I hope that was Jenny in the background and not a burglar by the way Ozzy no that was Jenny brought all the dogs out with her which is uh, terrible right now jumping up all over me quite obvious she does more than you in that house Leon <laughs> I don't think that's any any question uh, <laughs> she does she does more than me I've uh, been practicing my golf swing in the back garden and you know trying to just as I say just trying to keep busy have you got a spare net by any chance? Golf net? I know no, you, you know, like chipping, to have a few different things. Just small chips chipping over the fence. I've got a few like ping pong balls as well. I've just been giving them a giving them a whack and they don't really go anywhere. But I've tried to buy a golf sun. net. Thankful for the sun, to be honest. Ah, uh, yeah. There you Stop go, anybody. If anybody's listening or watching who's got a spare golf net, Tony Bellio will take it off your hands. Tony, I know you can't say, I know you can't say too much about distance. I know you can't say too much about this SAS program that you're involved in because it's on the television now, but how did you find it as an experience? It was very good, very challenging. And just it was just hard me. That's the best way I could say it. It was tough. But I've got through it, I've done it. And then it'll be exciting for everyone to see, you know, me going through the pain by the end. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch that. Sylv, you've got to do it. I think you'd be perfect. <laughs> I want to watch it first. <laughs> he came. He came back after shooting it. He was a new man. Honestly, the things he was spouting, he was he found his inner self, and you know, he'd really got to know who he is as a person. Sylvan, you'd have loved it. How long did he last? How long did he last? That's what I want to know. I don't know if he can tell you that. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's a right. secret. It's obviously taking the neck now. Yeah, it did change me at first, but I've slowly but surely dwindled back into my old uh, habits now. But a new man and all that, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, I was confessing and prophesizing when it first came out. But uh, slowly but surely, you get back into the old routines. Yeah. And then that old routine is listening to Ozzy talk absolute nonsense in the gym and not do any reps while I max out on nearly everything. So, is what it is, and something's never changed. One, two, miss a few Osmond's nickname is. Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. I mean, look, I'm, I'm feeling quite big right now. I've had not much else to do. I've been working out, and 
you know, as we've as we've said in the past, I basically won you that world title with pushing you so much. You know what I mean? If I could have lifted the weight myself, you know, I'd, I'd, I would have. Swear to God, uh, <laughs> Ozzy trained alongside me for the world title fight, right? And I'm not joking yet. If Ozzy would have trained as hard in the gym when he was playing, I swear to God, he'd have been a Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvan, can you remember the first time you came across Tony Bellew down at Finch Farm? Yeah, yeah, that was at Finch Farm, and I thought, I thought, who the heck is that guy? You know, he just, uh, yeah, it just, no, it just, just stopped. Oh, man, I love, always love boxing. I always love boxing. Yeah, he was all skin and bones, like making light heavyweight. I said he came to steal something of us, so I don't know. I'm like, who the heck is that guy? They said, oh, he's a boxer. I'm like, yeah, right, yeah, right, he's a boxer. Me too, I'm a boxer. And uh, no, we started cooking. I think we had to take some picture with him. And um, then I learned a bit more about him, his story. And then and, and I started to follow him. And I, I don't know, I like, I like the, forget about the boxing. I just like the guy, you know, he was a guy just trying hard to do, uh, to do what he loved. And, um, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And then from, from, from there, I started to follow him. I started to go to all of his fights with the lads. And uh, sometimes was fighting fighting far away. I used to go and then watch him as well, and I just just we connected from there really. How did the Everton affiliation start, Tony? I mean, I take it you didn't just rock up at Finch Farm and, and help yourself to the equipment. How how did it all start in the in the first place? It looked like that. It really did look. Like <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Do you know what, mate? A little bit skinnier back then. A little bit. Yeah, I was I was I was a lot skinnier, but uh, it started off with. Uh, I got invited in to meet TC uh, Tim Cale. Uh, I went in and I said to them, I'd just finished with me strength and conditioning at the time. And the strength and conditioning at the time, uh, I made him redundant because he had to get a full-time job. Uh, and I met Dave Billows and Dave Billows said, I said, listen, I'm not going to strength and conditioning no more. Also, kind of come in and just use your ice bath to recover because my training was really hard. So it started off with me coming into Finch Farm <clears throat> when the lads had finished training and using the ice bath. But you used to get some of them that stay behind, you know, after they do a little bit of extra training. I mean, Leon was never one of them. Hey, 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 come on, Tony. I was there having a cup of tea and a Kit Kat. I'll have you know. There was a few, <laughs> there was a few like Sylvan, who was one of them, who was uh, always behind. So I got to know Sylvan pretty quick. Uh, and then it went from there. Then all of a sudden, Dave Billows said to me, you know, listen, I'll take over you strength and conditioning program <clears throat> and uh, it went on from there mate and I didn't look back they uh, below started taking care of me strength and conditioning everything went well and uh, to be honest there were certain times in my career when literally Dave Delos got me through by how fit he got me and uh, that was it mate I just carried on got to know the lads bit by bit uh, I already knew of the scouts in the team uh, and then the others, and then I'll say, it just went from there. It was an amazing experience. When I first walked in, I was like starstruck. I remember the first time I met Tim Cale, uh, and he explained to me how he was a big fan, he loved to wear fight and all that. He's probably talking nonsense. He probably didn't even have a clue what it was, but uh, I slowly but surely got to see all over. Yeah. <laughs> and then as I, as I got to know them, I realised that there was, they were just normal lads, uh, really good at kicking a ball, as I was really good at punching people in the face. So... It just went I on remember, from there. I, got to I know remember them. when you first came in, though. You were, you right. You just, you were such a fan. You came in and you were yeah. just a big fan, going around Finch Farm and saying hello to everyone and really enjoying being there. And then slowly but surely, you started to <laughs> feel at home, feel confident. And then we, we watched you fight and you sort of you grew into yourself. 
I remember, well, obviously, we saw you from that kid, not quite a kid, but, you know, that young man who was striving to be it, to be in who you are today. And, you know, it's been a painful, it's been a painful watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair. It was great, mate. Listen, I, I've, it's I've been, had It's been a great song. journey and watching you, watching you all the way. And as I said, from that, Thanks from that me. naive, eager kid to becoming who you are, you know, that I've told this to people before. I've never seen anyone with as big a heart and desire to, to achieve what they actually wanted, to, what they set themselves to achieve. So, you know, talk about this program that you've been on the SAS. I'll be surprised if you've not, uh, if you've not gone all the way in it. Who you are? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll soon find out. But as I say, <laughs> growing up in Vince Farm and around the lads, a decade I was there for, uh, from when I first walked in to... to when I finished my career, it was just brilliant. And as I say, watching the lads, watching the club, I learned so much about footballers. Everyone's got this stigma and this thing attached to footballers that, oh, it's easy. Oh, they earn all this money for absolutely nothing. Let me just clarify it. Football <clears throat> is one of the hardest professions ever. Simple as they work so hard day in, day out. Uh, and I was one of them. From afar, you think, oh, they do this, they get this, they earn this, they've got that. It's so hard make the very, very small percentage of them make it through there. And the ones that do make it through there are the guys who work so hard day in, day out. So I take my hat off to every professional footballer out there. It is such a, such a tough sport, mate. It really is. Uh, my, Still, my, my good memories of Tony in Fish Farm is, uh, is the ice bus. I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of players, <laughs> not including, uh, not including uh, Evo, because he never got on the ice bus. But that's the only guy I've seen in my whole career, going to the ice bus up to his neck. I've, I've never seen that. Like the brave one just standing to, into the ice bus up to their knees or maybe like halfway through your tie. Or, or I was going like up to my belly button and I felt like, yeah, I'm the man. And that guy walked in and he went up to his neck in the ice bus. I could not believe it. And he stayed oh, there man. and talked to you like that was a That was a thing. I need a couple crazy. of people that dip in. Yeah, dip in yeah. and dip out, but he just sat there for 10 15 minutes. Yeah, to his neck and still like talking to you like nothing happened. The funniest one was always when Yak and it was Yak and King used to walk past me, don't yeah. cart. And uh, and and I always remember King used to walk in and one day he just dipped his finger in the ice bath. And he said, My friend, you are crazy, and just walk right past me. I swear <laughs> to God, Yak used to just shake his head at me every time he walked past. Silver's the only to... one who jump in. He used to shake his head at pillows when he tried to get him to go in the ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Yak, recuperation. <laughs> Dave. Dave. Sylvan, we had some terrific me, days and nights at Goodison Park during your time in Everton, but, but Tony's fight at Goodison Park is one of these special Goodison occasions still, isn't it? It's, it's weird. I didn't realise until that night, but for me, it's the best night I've had at Goodison. Um, I'm talking in terms of feeling. I think as well it's because like, I was able to live it, you know, I was in it. So when you play, when, when I play, I don't really pay attention to what's happened around. You know, you focus on your game and you don't really realise. I could, realize have, told you, I could have told you that, so. Yeah. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I too with a guy like you, but never mind. And, uh, and I, I, just, man, I just loved it. I, I was screaming like everybody. I was, I was just a fan. And I, that was amazing to, uh, to be there and not be a footballer or not be there as anyone. Just be there as a fan. That was an amazing moment, mate. I, I can't even describe the feeling. It was unreal. Unreal.
I'll shut that dog up, Oz. Is <laughs> a dog? That's not a dog, that. There somewhere. Ozzy, <laughs> you were a good us that, that night, weren't you? No, I wasn't, Darren. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Great support there from... Absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Did I mention that I flew from, from France just for the fight? Did I? I was, I was <laughs> when to, some I people live like five minutes from the stadium and don't bother going. But did I mention I'm that? Sure, I'm sure, as Tony will uh, tell in his story, it was, it was kind of a late organisation, you know, and you ended up getting the Sunday bank holiday right at the end of the season. And, you know, it's like for the and players. Bank holidays are very important to Leon. It only means one thing. <laughs> I booked a family holiday. Um, obviously, booked oh, it. Don't make your excuses, mate. You've been bad. You just lashed me. You didn't say no. Biggest night of my whole entire career. And Ozzy just thought, I'll get on that instead. <laughs> All right, Oz, I'll forgive you. I supported well, you right it, throughout yours, but you better claim to me. You just legged me. Well, I knew you were going to win that one. So, just <laughs> made sure that I, you know, I didn't need him for that one. Any of the others, I was always there just in case. Oh, so you didn't know you will, lose, you will win the other, yeah? I was very confident in every one of his okay. fights. As you well he turned up with the hay ones, Silk. He turned up with the hay ones full of it. Yeah. Well. We were soon there. <laughs> I, t- I turned up at more. I think that, that's it. I think that Goodison was the only one I missed from when we first met you, to be honest. Oh, the, obviously the one abroad. Obviously no one of us are making that one. Sylvan, you've only recently retired from professional football after a long and very good career. Are there times when you really miss being a professional footballer? Uh, yes and no. I miss uh, I miss the games. You know, I've uh, I train hard, but I've never been a big fan of training. Um, I just love the game. I train hard because that's the only way to play the games, and uh, and that's what I miss a little bit of the banter with the guys. But it's just that feeling you've got during games. You know, that's the stuff that really uh, that really drive me, and uh, that's the stuff that I miss the most. You can't replace that. You try to, and uh, you try different challenge, and then. You try and keep busy when you stop, but it's, it's nothing. I think as long as you try and replace what you had on the, on the pitch, you will always feel like you're missing something and, and you'll struggle. The day you realize, well, I have to, I have to move on because I'm, there's nothing that's going to replace that. Then that's it. You start to realize things are okay and, 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 and you get on with your life and, and you start a new life, to be honest. It's, that's really what it is. It's a second life because life would never be the same without football. Was coaching or management ever on your radar? Yeah, yeah, you think about it, and I, w- I would love to. Um, I think it'll be a bit difficult because in terms of coaching, um, I'm, I'm pretty much whole school, and there's a lot of things in modern football that I will, uh, that I will struggle to deal with in terms of player attitude, in terms of commitment, and stuff, a lot of things. So I'm not sure how I will, I will get on with, uh, with some of the lads. Um, but I will have loved to transmit some of the things that I learned from from some of the guys when I when I came and, and started football in England. You know, the Alan Shearer, Bobby Robson, guys like that have been really important to me, and I learned my football alongside those guys. And uh, I would have loved to transmit it. But it, it's football is different now. Everything evolves, and you have to accept it. And I've got no problem with it. But um, but there is some. Uh, there's some values that I think have to remain in football, and I'm not sure it's the case. Um, and I think that's yeah, that's what I would have struggled the most with. And to be honest, everybody feel like is the is the logic. You stop football, you're going to be a coach, but it's really difficult. There's no space for a lot of players or ex-players. It's difficult to be a coach, and when you've been you had the test of the Premier League for so long, to decide to go two or three divisions below, it's not easy either because it's it's not the same football, not the same condition, not the same stadium. 
Well, I think it was better for me to, uh, to think about something else. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, if an opportunity comes from uh, one of the lads that I play with, that know me, that know my values and, and would like me to bring that to his team, then I'll definitely be up for the challenge. But I, I'm not looking for it. Leon, obviously your media career is going from strength to strength. Have you managed to do a few bits during this, uh, this strange period? Yeah, a couple of bits. Um, you know, like like yourself, setting up this podcast. You know, it's been uh, it's been great just to have something to do. Really, I've done a, a couple of bits for the for the BBC uh, last weekend. I was on a bike, which uh, surprise all yeah, surprise all of you wasn't uh, wasn't the funny how very little got seen on the, the legs turning though, isn't it? You were seen on a bike just your top half. We never seen your legs turning, mate. That's what typical Leon. Hey, always got to be thinking, Tony, just in case you're in trouble. Make sure the legs aren't in shot. Uh, the bike has it's, it's, it's a long time since I've done anything like that. <laughs> I've been doing a few uh, a few weights, as you know, and, and that, but I haven't really done anything um, to open the lungs up. So that was uh, that was a difficult a difficult afternoon. I've got to be honest. It took me a good few hours to to get over it, but. I'm not uh, kept up with the physical work, as Tony will tell you, as much as... Uh, Do you know Tony when Ozzy first came to the gym? Ozzy was an absolute machine on the pubs, the dips and stuff like that. I understood and I could see Ozzy slowly declining when the, when the, <laughs> the pull-ups numbers started to decrease. And then Ozzy would come in and Ozzy would always put his gear on and he, he looks immaculate. It doesn't matter what he wears, he just always looks well. But he started turning up at the gym and his, his clothes didn't match. His, his belly was protruding slightly, <laughs> and I could just see he was getting to where I've been for 20 hey, years. <laughs> Look at that, he's breathing in. <laughs> no, I'm breathing in. Oh, Jesus I mean, that's, that's not too oh, bad. I love it's not you, too bad right I now. Really, I love you. You are I the best. Oh, I've got to be honest, I have an F for three days. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> being on a liquid diet, haven't you, mate? No, I haven't. You haven't changed for six months. I haven't, yeah. to be honest. I've uh, I thought I'm going to try. I've never grown a beard in my life. So you I still haven't. Go. To be honest, it's yeah, it's embarrassing. It just won't seem to join up in these parts. So the the moment I'm let out of the house again, I'm pretty sure I'll be shaving it off. <laughs> Tony, I remember when um, I came down to uh, Canary Wharf the night before you fought David Hay, and we'd done that interview together. We looked around the apartment, and I remember saying to you, "How will you sleep tonight, the night before the fight?" And you looked at me and you said, "Daz, I'll sleep great tonight." And, yeah. and, and I, still, I still find that difficult to believe. How, how does that work? Do you know what, that uh, The night before the fight, I'd sleep like a baby. I struggle with sleep on a day-to-day basis, to be honest. Since I've, since I've retired, my sleep patterns are getting a little bit better. So I sleep like a maximum of four hours straight. But and then after that, it's intermittent. I wake up, head through and out. But throughout my career, the night before the fight, I'd sleep eight hours maybe nine hours straight through, not wake up once. And then the night out the night out of the fight I'd usually sleep. Uh unless it goes in park and I didn't sleep for like two days. But it, I'd say the night before the fight, uh because I was someone who always done everything possible, maximized everything in my training, I left no stone unturned. So when I went to bed the night before the fight, <clears throat> I used to know I've done everything I possibly can. So there's nothing to stay awake. There's nothing keeping me awake. I haven't cheated. I haven't done anything wrong. So I couldn't possibly do any more than I'd done. So 
that's why I used to sleep as the night before. I mean, listen, when I the only time I've ever been nervous going to a fight is to, I've been there for two fights in my whole entire life. My first ever amateur fight and walking to the ring, Goodson Park. I had everything on the line. I but for the fourth, fourth day of the day, I was so relaxed. As you seen when he was walking to the ring, and I had to abide by so many of his rules. I mean, if you'd have seen the contract I had to sign to fight David Day the first time, you'd have thought I was fighting Tina Turner and not David Day. That's how many obligations and rules I had to sign up to. And when <clears throat> when he was finally walking to the ring, I was dancing to his music because I love Ain't No Stopping Us Now. I mean, I've grown up on that kind of music with my mom and my dad and stuff. And as he was doing the ring, I was just I was just dancing away. It was like I was I was just relaxed. I was I was just so in my own zone. And I'll say the night before me it was the exact same. When you say you were nervous at Goodison Park, was there a feeling, a huge feeling yeah. inside you that said, I cannot lose this, I daren't lose this? Since I was nine, ten years old, that I've been going to Goodison Park every other Saturday, all my life, every other Saturday I've been spent there. Uh, I always dreamed of being a footballer for Everton Football Club, but the fact of the is I was too flat and not good enough. Uh, and <laughs> my only chance of playing at Goodison Park mate, was sitting in the ring in the middle and having a fight. Uh, um, you know, if I had lost that night at Goodison Park, I'd never have ever gone back through the shame. Because these two will tell you, <clears throat> the wins always stay with you. The wins, it's the losses that stick with you. And I could never have shown my face again if I'd lost in Goodison Park. You've got to remember, I've been saying, I'm going to win a world title throughout my whole career from the minutes of 10 professional. I've been telling people I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I've been saying to people, I'm going to fight at Goodison Park. No one's ever had a fight at Goodison Park. Uh, and I was saying all these things. So when we, when my mum finally come, if I'd have failed, mate, I'm telling you now, I'd have never gone back to Goodison Park. I'd have watched Everton from afar for the rest of my life. Literally, I had that much pressure on me walking to the ring. When I walked to the ring, <clears throat> I remember stopping looking at the Gladys Street and seeing all that phone lights come up. And it was just, it was like the movie that I'd done previously, but this time it was real. And I just remember thinking, lads, don't lose this. Do not get knocked out here because you are never coming back to watch a match again. Yeah, and you, that's the uh, pressure that was under me. You, you, you did get to play a game of football at Goodison once, though, Tony, I remember. Done it a few times, Leon. And uh, the last time I've done it was the most painful thing in my whole entire life, you clown. This is the worst thing. <clears throat> so I've had the greatest moment in my whole career happen to Goodison Park. And then I've had the most painful moment in my whole career also happen to Goodison Park. <clears throat> and guess what? When the most painful moment came, I wasn't even fighting. This clown who's laughing at me now, he was my manager, supposed to be taking care of me. I started the game brilliantly, playing football, I was on fire, I was the big, big number nine up front. So I've, I've done a few little switch passes, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the game nice, and, but about six or seven minutes in, let, let me finish Leon, you just pipe down for the minute, pipe down. So I'm having a great game, listen, I'm man of the match, we're ten minutes in now, everything's going great, Stubbs, he's pinged the ball into me. Just by the halfway line. I've killed it. Death touch on me was fantastic on the right foot. I've jigged past one. No problem. Left him in his, just left him in his tracks. I was ready. I've come to another fella. I've jigged past him. Now, this fella's chasing after me and he swings a leg out, but he misses me because I was just on it. I was sharp. I was razor to stay. <laughs> but then as it, goes to, as, it, as it goes to knock the ball in front of me, my ankle rolled on the ball. And as it rolled, mate, I'm telling you now, I completely snapped my ligaments in my ankle. And then I had Muppet here, this clown, walk on the pitch, laugh at me, tell me to get up and go, it's not that bad. I tried to get up, hobbled, limped, fell back down on the floor. I've never felt pain like it in my life. I used to rip some of these for the way they jump on the floor every now and again. 
But I'm telling you now, mate, I thought someone shot me in the ankle from a distance with a sniper rifle. It was the worst pain I've ever had, mate. And <clears throat> I went off. It was the best 10 minutes you've ever seen a player have in, in life. And he was absolutely devastated to lose me as the manager. We never was never right <laughs> after that. I think we lost that game, but we would have won if right. we stayed on. It was, it was seven minutes in, I subbed you, and you'd been on the floor for four minutes, right? So that first three minutes, you were great, right? You were great. But I already had, I already had the substitute board ready before you got injured, let me tell you. No, it was... Uh, on fire, mate. You know, seeing the, amount the of pain he was in, seeing the amount of pain he was in on the sideline was, oh, you know, man. I shouldn't really laugh, but it was just... When I've got on there, and you know, you can imagine how angry he gets, and you get onto the middle of the pitch as a, a manager stroke, you know, physio. I was doing it all, it was only a, a charity match. He gets on there, and he basically just went, ah, ah, Get away, get away, get me off, I'm not playing. Ah. Oh, it was, and he was down, he was so down, he had like a big cast on his leg, he was, he was so upset about it. Silver, swear to God, at half time, this clown didn't wasn't even bothered about the team talk. He walked in, he laughed at me, said a few comments, and then just walked back out. Maybe I, I was in, I've never felt pain like it. Are you to, be, to be quite honest, I was as a manager, I was, I was as a manager, I didn't need you anymore. So I went in, checked you're okay. As a manager, you're out of my plans now. You, That's you know, football. Me. So That's I went football for team. you, Tony. No loyalty, team, 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 team manager. Still, they don't oh need God. you. Yeah, that's it. Bye. <laughs> so at the time, I, what, I was really shocked. But looking back now, I shouldn't have been shocked. In the Next time. Yeah. Leon Cutthroat, Osman. I just want to, while we're on this subject of team spirit, um, Sylvan, it was a great dressing room that you walked into when you first arrived at Everton with your Tim yeah. Cahill, Tim Howard, your Phil Nevels, Bainesy and Ozzy as well. Yeah. Was that a big thing for you? Was that a big part of Everton while you were there, the team spirit and the camaraderie? That was that was the most important part. Um, forget about the football. I think it's it's the team spirit that helped us to do the things we've been doing. Some days you feel like nothing's gonna happen. You know you're there for each other no matter what. We are maybe not the best friend outside of the dressing room. It's not like we spend all the time together and everything. It was not that at all. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the same in every club. But uh, but while together, it was it was amazing. Uh, I remember when I signed for Everton. I think I. I arrive on the on the Thursday. You guys on the Friday actually. You guys just came back from a game in Europa League somewhere, and uh, I didn't know anyone. I, tra- I train on the Saturday and we play on the Sunday, something like that. And I, honestly, after a day, I felt like I've been I've been here for a week, for one year. The guys made me feel really welcome. I feel it great. I knew the area as well. I knew a few of the lads. Um, I think the most important thing is because of uh, most of the scout slides. I could not understand the accent, so I, I, I didn't understand what they were saying. I, I loved it. Honestly, it's the, um, six years felt like two seasons. It, it, was, it was just really good. Any, any new players who arrived who were not really in that Everton spirit was putting himself automatically outside of the dressing room. It was not possible to come and not fit in. And that's not because one player will say something. It's just the way the dressing room was. Were, you, were you surprised by that when you came or did you expect it when you joined Everton that you'd fit in so quickly? To be honest, I didn't think about it at all just because previously in football, you, you know how it is. Well, you don't know because you play all your life for Everton, but I play for different clubs and it's always the same. It's like 25, 30 players and you get on with like two, three and then the others. It's, sometimes you barely speak to them. 
to be honest with you these days. You just walk in, train, speak to the, the guy, the lads you enjoy, and the others, you, there's two or three that you, you yeah, across the, the season, you may barely speak to them. Uh, so I didn't think try that with me. No, it's different. That's different with you. Different. One thing I would say is, is I've been in that dressing room now for uh, a number of years and I've seen the squad change as it does. There has never been an atmosphere in the dressing room like it was when all these were together. Everyone was as one. I've seen them tear the back out of each other across dressing rooms. Some of the things they'd say uh, <clears throat> were just were mad. They really were, but they all bounced off each other. It was something else, mate. It really was. Being around it and seeing it was brilliant. Uh, and then you, it would cross over onto the pitch because you would see that they would fight for each other and they all just got on, mate. There was no fractions. There was no teams within a team. It was just one big squad. I'm telling you, mate, the banter used to be hilarious listening to each other. Tony, boxing's a lonely sport. When you're in the ring, you're by yourself. One mistake and, and you pay the penalty. Your staff so so important to you or were they so important to you to sort of engender a team spirit did you have to have a team mentality amongst yourself and all of your staff do you know what the thing is that when you're a boxer it is a lonely sport and you are on your own you'd employ a coach you'd employ a strength and conditioner but ultimately it all comes down to you you know i can't rely on nobody else so I always demanded the best from myself first and foremost and I didn't need anyone else to, to, to remind me of how dangerous it was going to be. You know, you make a mistake in a boxing ring, you wake up in an ambulance. You know, you make a mistake on a football pitch. You know, you, you, you're lucky to have 10 men back and you're up. Hopefully 10 back and you're up. Uh, so that was always in the back of my mind. But <clears throat> when it comes to your staff and, and team spirit camaraderie, uh, I used to always like to train alone, I'll be honest. So at different parts of me, because when I first turned professional, I trained with a group of lads in Manchester and we bounced off each other at times. But I usually found that I was always the one who wanted to push it too far. I'd always push the limits in training and people just didn't want to do or go through the pain as much as I did. Uh, that's because I wasn't athletically as gifted as the other fighters. So I had to make up for it in other ways to, to capitalise on my on my you know potential. So I used to just push myself to insane limits. The diet that I used to do was crazy. You know, The guys used to see me come in and uh, I'd have a stone to lose, and I'd, and at that point I'd be ripped to the bit with, with still a stone to go. And they used to look at me sometimes. Uh, I remember one time coming in and getting on the scales, and I had seven pounds to go. And one of the guys said, he, he, to be honest, he didn't even say anything. He just looked at me, and I could tell by his face, he just thought, What is wrong with you? You are insane. Because I looked that ripped up and that skinny, and I still had half a stone to go. I, I was in the hot bath trying to lose the weight and stuff like that. So you have to rely on yourself. I didn't ever have the look or, the, or the, the chance to rely on others. When I moved to Sheffield, it was just me and my coach. That's all it was. It was me and my coach trained every day. Uh, <clears throat> it's tough, mate. It's a lonely sport. Boxing's the lonely sport in the world. It really is. And, and you have to quickly realise that it's not a game. It's not a hobby. It's not a sport. It's, it's literally a way of life. It's the only way to, to succeed in boxing is to completely live it. And I did live it. Uh, I lived it to the absolute limit and the maximum. And that's why I achieved my dreams. I think that's the only reason I fulfilled my maximum. I, I probably, I overachieved probably, but I, I lived it, mate, to, to be able to succeed. I remember going uh, with a TH going to watch uh, Tony Train once. Um, that's the side of, of boxing. I always loved boxing, even as a kid, but that's a side that I've never seen, like their training session and what they do. And that's people that don't really see. And, uh, and you feel like they just, uh, yeah, they do a bit of sparring partner and everything and they're ready for the fights. 
God, the way I was training, and and as well talking with the guy who come for sparring, and you you feel like they come and they just help the guy getting ready for the fight. No, they come to knock you out. They actually get a bonus to knock you out. And I was like, damn, that that's that's not training. That <laughs> the guy come to <laughs> knock you out, and, and between the rings, you have to the round, you have to go into some exercise. I'm like, what's that? Now I was really shocked by the um, the intensity of the training, the commitment, and as well. It's a fight. It's not a training. It's a fight. The guy comes to hurt you, and that—that that was for me. That's uh, that's a side of boxing that I, I never, never suspected, never realized that was that was this way. So it was great to see. But that's yeah, that make you um, when you go and watch a fight, you and you see all the sacrifices and all the stuff that the guy has been through. It you you've got way more respect as well. Do you ever fancy putting the gloves on, Ozzy, and having a little go yourself? Oh yeah. <laughs> Darren, it's been always been a, a real desire of mine to get in the. In brilliant the on the bag. We want to see him in the gym. He's brilliant the on training. the bag. Yeah, Tony, Tony will tell you a punch like a wrecking ball. Do you know what I mean? I've got a punch like a wrecking ball. So <laughs> it would it wouldn't be right for the world not to be able to see that at some point. I, I agree. We'll have to do it. Us. We'll get you. We'll get a session on one. We'll get it. We'll upload it to the Instagram or whatever it is. But. He, uh, he can't half whack the bag, but as we all know, punch bags don't hit back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Darren, look, fitness, the, 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 one of the, you have to have a, a lot of skill at boxing, and Tony's got a lot of skill, but he's also clever in the mind and, you know, tactically and, and all of that. Um, you know, so he's on top of that, but his fitness is, is a joke. <clears throat> and I hated my the fitness. The fitness part of football was was always difficult pre-season nobody really enjoyed pre-season going and getting fit and running and you know when you're up against some racehorses Sylvan was a racehorse in uh, in some of those runs you just can't keep with them so I, you know you're trying to do your best you're trying to get through the runs best you can it was but it was the ball you know playing football it was having a ball playing with the ball that was always the the fun part of football for me not the fitness side so uh, you know to, to go into a sport like boxing where I've, I would have no skill I would have no tactical braid and the fitness is what I wouldn't like anyway. I think it's fair to say you'll never see me in a ring. Oh. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, just before we just before we wrap it up, as we said at the start, it is strange times, but there are Tony, there are some heroes out there, thousands of heroes out there that are keeping the world ticking over. Yes. There is, mate. Uh, <clears throat> and everyone I'm not listening, I'm I'm in awe of a lot of them, the NHS. But it's not just the, the nurses and your doctors and stuff like that, or your pharmacists. There's guys who are just doing day-to-day jobs. So, you know, I've got a, a system in all stacking shelves. Uh, the bin men who are out there, <clears throat> the people who are just driving lorries to, to help them keep the world ticking over. They really are. So as much as I'm in awe of the nurses and the doctors, it's the day-to-day people with the, the normal nines of our jobs that are being not giving a voice at the minute. So I'm just in awe of all of the meters, really. And it's, it's amazing the deal what they're doing. And, Are you doing a tournament and, at the know, moment just, for the NHS, yes, Tony? Are you doing a, uh, a tournament? It's a big part in the... On FIFA, I think it is. Yes, it's supposed to start up pretty soon. I've had some contact with <clears throat> an agent. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to take part. I don't know how good I am, mate, to be honest. I knew I was you slipping can't go on 14 year old lad. You can't go off FIFA. Let one of your kids do it. I'll beat you. I'll whoop you. I know the camera's on you, also. You've got to do it. What I'll say we'll is, I'll set, whoop right, us. We'll have, to set, we'll have to set that up then. Let's do it. it. Let's, I'll whoop us. I mean, I've got to practice it. I used to I be got, really good. Quick question, is, though. What FIFA? Are we going FIFA 09? 
FIFA the, 10. The latest one, mate. No, the latest one. Because I reckon, I reckon I was all right on them. <laughs> Listen, mate, if you want to start going back in the day, let's just get Pro Evo Soccer on and I was the king. <laughs> Pro Evo, mate, on the PlayStation 3. I was like, I, I was the creme de la creme. I was up there, mate. It was like I was on Goodison Park that day for them first 10 minutes. I, I was everywhere. I was sharp. Great. I was quick. The ball was killed within the touch. <clears throat> mate, I was on it. But now, I'm on FIFA 20 and I know I'm in trouble when my 14-year-old done me. You know what I mean? I used to go Everton and he'd go Real Madrid or Barcelona and I'd give him a tanking. It's now at the stage where I think the roles are turning slowly. Don't get me wrong. He's not going Everton yet and I'm not going Real Madrid. But... I'm at the thing where I'm going to go Everton and I'm just slightly getting pipped and it's not nice, mate, when you're 14-year-olds doing you and laughing in your face. So, a little bit more practice, a little bit more, you know, guidance. I mean, Leon does you no good, does he? Just knocking you down a few pegs the way he's done. But that's typical Aussie, you know. I'm a believer and I'm an achiever. I'll give it a rest, Osman. You'll get your time when FIFA 20 comes around. <laughs> you'll get it. Sylvan, we'll let you have the last word. I mentioned the... <clears throat> You mentioned everybody, all the key workers who are working round the clock to keep the country ticking over. And, and there are heroes everywhere you look these days, aren't there? Yeah, everywhere. I think we can all be heroes, you know, just um, respecting the guidelines and uh, and try to support and help uh, the people around you. You know, you don't have to go too far either. There's people around the corner. I've got a, I've got a, a couple of uh, old, really old people who stay home, can't do anything. Their family can't visit them and uh, just give them a call from time to time and check if they're okay and... Uh, I think you have to support each other. So it's, it's, it's not just things you can do like everywhere across England, just start around your doorstep and then, uh, and then let, let this spread. You know, it's a, it's a special time and we need to be together. Gents, we could talk for hours and hours, I know we could, but we're running out of time. It's been absolutely fantastic. My thanks to Tony Bellew, to Sylvan Distan, to Leon Osman. I hope you've enjoyed listening. We've certainly enjoyed putting it together. Lovely to see you guys and I'll speak to you yeah. all soon.